0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Briganti. So we've had a bunch of amazing special guests on the podcast, and we've had about 40 episodes now. And today we have Russell, who is from Tampa, Florida. And how's it going, Russell?
1: That was going great.
0: So it's awesome to have you on the show and, and, um, you know, you've, you've shared your story. So for those of you that want to read Russell's story in, um, and see some photos of him, it's available on our website. Um, and I'm curious to kind of hear a little bit about, about, your story and, and talk more about like mosaic, mosaic, cause that's what you are. And there's so many different varieties of mosaic within Filter. And, um, yeah, I just, let's, uh, let's have you get started.
1: Yeah no well again thanks for having me Ryan and I I do listen to the podcast and I really you know enjoy listening to the other stories of the other guys that have, have been on the and previously and um it's just really good to see the community that you know the uh, Living with XXY organization has really been able to do but um so my story kind of does start way back I'm uh, currently forty seven um and I was diagnosed in December of twenty nineteen so couple of years ago now um but basically uh you know i i was growing up um i always had male and female friends you know at a young age but just always seemed a little more fond of some of the female friends and classmates some of the you know tip, more typical female um you know type things um in school um i wasn't m- as much interested in you know like hunting and going out and doing some of the more male things and um it was just something i noticed but Um, I had uh, three sisters and a brother. So we had a large family and kind of really, you know, between all of us, we just kind of all did our own thing. Um, And so I'll kind of give you the sort of condensed version of everything, because the previous blog and everything did get a little bit more into details. But basically, um, when I was in junior high school, I had a a routine sports physical. And during that time, uh, the doctors, you know, they noticed the testicle size was slightly smaller. Um, than for, uh, you know, someone of my size. And so I was referred to at that point um, like an endocrinologist Um, and they did some more tests but I never really had a karyotype. And really ultimately they just wanted to make sure that there wasn't anything that would really prohibit me from being on the track team. So um, it was inconclusive and you know, this was in 1988. So that was, you know, well over 30 years ago um, before I was diagnosed officially in 2019. So, did, so um yeah
0: I was just going to say did they like did when you got your testicles checked and you had to do that process back in the day was that was that like a really awkward moment for you or or and then them telling you that your testicles are smaller than average at 13
1: Right yeah it was but it was something that you know I, I don't know that they do that as much anymore but back then it was it was a common thing for boys um to, to have that checked, um, they did a full physical and that was one of the things yeah, that pretty much everybody had to go through at that point.
0: Okay. And then, so, so, so um, yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and so anyways, you know, kind of fast forwarding, um, you know, I, I, I basically lived my life. I, I went to college and everything. Um, I actually got married Um, and, you know, I, I still kind of felt that and I actually had two boys too, two sons uh, naturally uh, with my wife Um, and, you know, just kind of had similar situations about, you know, just feeling, you know, kind of awkward, sometimes a little out of place, um, but nothing that would really trigger me to assume that there was anything wrong. And again, thinking back to that time when I went to the endocrinologist, I I never heard of client I don't even know that they mentioned about, um, you know, chromosomes. I think they were just focusing on, you know, what could this be? And I think at a certain point, um, you know, we probably just, you know, between me and my parents just decided, you know, it's, it's, it's enough. We don't have to go further with it. Um, and so that's something maybe we could touch on in a little bit about, you know, healthcare and access to it. Um, I was kind of fortunate. My, you know, parents did have a good job and we were able to go to an endocrinologist, but I, I feel like, um, even that was a stretch maybe for some people that may, you know, not have that access. Um, but in any case, you know, I did find that, um, you know, I, I just kind of had this, this feeling like something was different. So I did at that point in 2019, I, you know, the, uh, online, there was definitely more resources than in 1988 and was able to basically, you know, even though they tell you, you know, don't Google your symptoms, it's basically what I did. Um, went online and started just, you know, just diving deep into, you know, the online resources. Um, and and that's when I started noticing about the XSY and client filters and really, saw a lot of similarities to myself in in what I found about that um other than you know having having kids and that was like a big thing and so I was like well you know that it it can't be it because it's just it's something like 90 or 99 percent of people with it even with the mosaic xxy don't you know aren't able to have kids so so I kind of ruled it out in in a way you know in the back of my mind but you know just kind of kept going um I did finally want to actually get the um the karyotype so you know i mentioned it to uh my regular doctor and again they kind of were like well it's you know it's probably not that it's something else so they did just regular blood work before you know even they would even do the karyotype um and when they did that they did notice uh, some of the hormones and so that's what really kind of sent it down the path of well there is something here um there's two main hormones you know with testosterone if you have a lower testosterone A lot of men will have that, especially when you're getting into, you know, you're getting middle age and stuff. But in my case, I also had elevated. There's two other hormones the FSH, which is follicle stimulating hormone, and then the LH, which is luteinizing hormone. And those two have to do with, you know, uh, the uh, testicles, um, production of sperm, things like that, sex characteristics. Those were elevated. And with, um, you know, low testosterone elevated, those other. Um, I think they're called gonadotropins. That's a signal that something's going on in the body that's not quite 100% right. So um, at that point, they said, yeah, we, we probably need to um, to go ahead and get that get that kerotype checked. And, you know, lo and behold, it did come back um, with the uh, mosaic XXY. And one of the things that it was interesting was the geneticist I actually went to, um, one of the first things he noticed was, and this is something that I've seen in like you know, online and Facebook and some of these these groups was that I had a, it's typically called like a simian line, but it, he called it a transverse palmar crease, which is basically a line across your hand. It's just your hand has usually three lines, but in this other transverse palmar crease, they kind of, two of the lines fuse into one. And he said, that's something that's actually associated with a lot of, you know, various genetic conditions that he had seen. And so that was something for him that was like well this is you know maybe just another sign and not everybody who has that you know it has XSY or anything like that but it there is some kind of an affiliation there so um so all that being said when i did get that diagnosis it was just a little bit of you know uh it, it, i guess it was a little bit of um just a relief that i was able to figure it out and kind of going forward and, and trying to figure out you know what what the next steps were
0: so when you were doing all this research and you were probably on PubMed and, and clinical trial, like all the government stuff, like websites that offer all that research. And now we actually have on our website, we have, I created this huge, massive profile of all the research papers from 2000 all the way to until now. Uh, of uh, and, and it's all categorized. So if you go to our website and a research index has all those papers that you probably had like a hard time trying to find and organize and How did you like educate yourself and teach yourself about all this science, this science stuff? Do you have an interest in science? Because like a lot of people, LSH, FSH, testosterone, free testosterone, total testosterone, like all these crazy, um, like medical terminologies, like a lot of us don't understand any of them. And so like for you to know, like, you know, these LSH, FSH, um, did you educate yourself through that process or are these things, is science something that you've always just been interested in?
1: Yeah, kind of, kind of both of those two things are true. Yeah, I I am very interested in it. I'm actually uh, my my uh, career is I'm an environmental scientist, um, and I do have a degree in um, uh, like forest biology, like environmental uh, biology. But um, that being said, I did really, you know, I I hadn't done that much research before this, and so even before I got diagnosed, I was just just went down this rabbit hole of you know, wow, I didn't even realize you could, you know, get an extra chromosome or multiple ones or get mosaic chromosomes. And so that really just, the science part of it really interests me. And it still does. I still, you know, even though I've been diagnosed now, I still want to find out more just because there's not as much information as, you know, you you would think. I mean, uh, it was originally, um, you know, Klinefelter syndrome, Harry Klinefelter was back in uh, the 40s, 1942, I think, was when he originally diagnosed it. So, it's, you know, it's been known to science for a long time, but there's still just a lot of unknowns. And um, in fact, that was one of the things I did notice that, you know, about the history of Klinefelter's and origins was that, um, you know, in 1942, um, this was before they had really even knew that there were chromosomes, and you know, so they were just looking at the. Uh, you know, they call it the the phenotype, just basically some of the symptoms of it, and then later found that it was linked to having the extra um, the extra X chromosome.
0: And so, through your research, you kind of just educated yourself, and you said you're a mosaic, and and I know that you have like a really rare or, or what we don't know, right? We don't know all the different types of mosaicism, and and which ones are yeah. like how many guys out there are like you. So what what do you right. what mosaic do you have?
1: So I have the mosaic. It's um, and it has to do with percentages and everything. So, it's, so that's where it gets really tricky. But the one they did, which is typically when you get a karyotype done, it's done on the leukocytes, which you know is the, the blood. Um, and mine was uh, basically 47, you know, XXY slash 46 XY. So some of my cells were XXY, and then a smaller percent. Actually, it's the other way around. Mine was the larger percent was X Y, and the smaller percent was X X Y, and that's that's where it's different because usually when people have mosaic, they multiple, more normally their um the the bigger percentage is the is the X X Y with the extra X chromosome, and then they have a small percentage of X Y. So mine it was kind of flipped, um, and even that was you know interesting just like realizing how that happens. And when it happens during gestation and um, development of the embryo, um, basically to be an XXY at all, you you start out like that cell is, um, you know, the egg and the sperm cell kind of reproduction and everything going back to that. Um, it starts out as XXY, and then over time it'll it'll kind of lose an X, and so a lot of times when you that happens, that X will kind of fall off. But it's it's such a small percent; it's like maybe you know one, two, three percent of having these kind of um, just the XY cells. But for me, it something happened like super early on in development where once that extra X fell off, then all the rest of the cells, the majority of the cells in me, um, became XY, traditional 46 XY.
0: It's so interesting that you know so much on the science aspects of, of your life. And I think, does that do you attribute to that just to like you diving into the research and reading all the research papers to figure out like... Once you got a like before your diagnosis, and then after on trying to find out more information about like your mosaic kleinfelter syndrome.
1: Yeah, I, I think so, and it did take a while. Like I said, originally, um, because they said, "Well, having kids kind of ruled you out." You know, they they a lot of the doctors I talked to basically said it's it's you know almost impossible. Um, and so I, I don't like really putting that out there too much because, you know, I know you mentioned some of the mothers and other ones, they might get this hope that, well, you know, maybe my son has that too. And um, it, it is possible. Um, you know, I, in, in the research there's, um it, it's been talked about, but it, it's such a small percentage. I mean, you know, the typical, um, a lot of the ratios you hear is only 25% of people that maybe even have uh, client filters are, are diagnosed to begin with. Um, and then of that percentage, already a small percentage, you know, maybe like six or seven percent of those might be mosaic. And then, you know, of that small percentage, like the ones that have the, the kind of flip ratio, like I do, is, is really tiny. So, um, that's where it gets like it's, it's almost, you know, it, to me, it's, it's very, um, it, it's really special and everything, but it is, it's kind of like mind boggling that so many things had to happen for this particular set of, you know, circumstances to occur. Um, and so, and one of the other things, No, no.
0: I was just going to say, you know, I was going to say it's awesome that you've like found us and you've shared your story. And then you've shared like super detailed version of your story. And then you're here talking to us on a podcast. And like, it's so cool that you're this like tiny, tiny, tiny percentile of this community. And you're actually the only guy with mosaic that I know of, of your type of mosaic that I know that had biological kids out of like the natural way, not no IVF, no micro T's, anything like that. So like, that's, you right. know, and I, I fully understand on how you don't want to give families like a false hope of like, well, is their son mosaic just like you? And, and, and then have them like right. look back at their karyotype and be like, wait, was he tested for mosaicism and, and all of these things to, to try to find that hope of like, can my son, you know, possibly have kids naturally, but um so it, it's for you it's like have you kind of re like i what like how unique you are in the, in that aspect
1: yeah yeah it was pretty funny when you know uh me and my wife were talking about it and you know and i said this actually might be something i have and and then it was like well you know <laughs> there was a couple of jokes made about well whose kids are these you know but then we were like no you know <laughs> really it's um it's just it makes you I mean I you know always appreciate my kids but I'm like, well we had some kind of miracle babies or something, you know. It was just it was meant to be, it happened, um and and just, you know, again the stars aligned. Some of that stuff it's it's hard to put into a scientific, you know, how did this happen? But um it it's really it makes me feel just like really special and um proud to be able to, you know, really um talk about it and then also you know, talk to people about there are so many varieties of, of the mosaic and of regular client filters. Like, um, you know, I was listening to one of your uh, previous podcasts uh, and, and the guy was talking about how he had, you know, the chromosome was like dangling off the Y or something like that. And that's an actual thing, you know, there's again, less, less research on it, but um, there's some where the chromosome is like flipped upside down or some that are like in the shape of a circle and all these, all these really strange, variations of it. And a lot of it's like stuff they maybe not even know because they don't even know to to look for it, you know, to test for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, they don't even know 25, like you said, 25% of our entire community gets a diagnosis. And so, you know, there's 75% of our entire community that dies never knowing that they actually have Kleinfelder syndrome. And, and, uh, yeah. you know, it, and then the, re, the there's no, re, there's very little research, if not any research. And then on just X, like non mosaic Klinefelter syndrome, and then you look into like something like you, where you have more forty six X Y than you do xx forty seven X X Y, and like, have you been able to find research on mosaic, or has it just been through trial yeah. and error?
1: Yeah, I was, um, and I'll actually probably send you, or maybe if I already sent you, I, I had a list of some articles that I found. Um, that were pretty good. And, and most of them, I was able to even find like a, a internet link that it looks like you can probably get to, um, some of the viewers can can get to, you know, for free without having to go through like PubMed or PAN. Um, but some of those, you know, and it expands, it you know, it goes back into the 90s, some of the, the research articles, just because there's not that many. But um, even the ones that are maybe 10 years old, still some of, I think that holds up where it talks about how the mosaic percentages can even vary within like one person's body. So like for me, you know, they did it on the leukocytes in the blood, but if they did a biopsy of the testes or brain or your heart, you know, that percentage can vary like wildly. Like it can be, you know, way off in one percentage. And, you know, you would never, you would never know that. Um, and in some cases they think like a lot of the, um, like you had mentioned the micro T's and stuff like that, where they retrieve the sperm from the men um, that have it, a lot of times that those sperm cells, you know, they're not Mosaic. I mean, they're not X, X, Y, they're, they're X, Y. And that's, you know, one of the other researchers they were looking into was like, you know, when they do have kids, um, uh, you know, is this the, the viable sperm that they do retrieve and use in, in like in vitro fertilization and things, um, you know, how does that affect anyone? And they haven't found anything. And again, the, the research is, is still out there, but um, it's just interesting because of all these different things. Uh, one of the other things I found was, um, you know, looking at, they call them X-linked traits. Um, and X chromosome inactivation. So basically this means when you have two X chromosomes, the body only really recognizes one. Um, so like in a female, she will have two X you know, chromosomes. One of them will be recognized. And so a male with X, X, Y, only one of those will be recognized, but there's a small amount that kind of slips through, you know, the cracks and those will be expressed. And so you'll end up with people that are taller height. That's something the phenotype of Klinefelters um, Uh, You know, gynecomastia is another one, The, the male breast development, that's another one that's an excellent trait that slips through, but they're still not even sure like how that works, how the physical translation of the chromosomes and the genes that are expressed, how does that become shown in a person's body? So that kind of stuff really interests me.
0: I think that the more people that, you know, listen to the podcast and share their stories, and I think like our community is so in the shadows for the last, you know, since like the fifties. So sent for 50, 60 years of just living kind of life in the shadows, granted, when you Google it and you look at the photos on Google, the half naked or naked photos of guys with the black strip through their eyes are not the most flattering. And then the research studies that they've done on, you know, our IQ and all these other things that like, as time goes on, those research papers are pretty much, you know, they're, they're p- just papers based on a very small percentage of the population that they found that had Kleinfelter syndrome at that time. And so I think that the more people that open up and say like, hey, this is who we are as a community, the more that research eventually will be like interested and the more answers we can get to these like super scientific questions, but also like day to day life help on how to, you know, like, what's quality, like quality life for you? Like what's quality life been, you know, knowing that you have mosaic, did it change anything in your life?
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Because, you know, really, um, I I tried to not have it, but I, I definitely think it did, you know, at least even just emotionally, mentally, um, I think when I was going through the journey and it took about a, a full year probably between when I really started looking into it and got some of those initial blood tests, just because I think, and we could talk again, maybe just upon kind of going to the healthcare, um, you know, aspects of, of this, um, it was tough, you know, and I have a, a good job of, you know, good healthcare. I'm, I'm close enough to get to some hospitals to get that test done. Um, and even for me, you know, it took months and months and months and, you know, I really had to stay on it and, um, I remember what's funny at one point I went to one of the doctors and um, they were like you know it's you know if, if you have it it's like a hidden thing like you, you you, don't know if you have it nobody else seems to know you know you were able to have kids and like why are you even looking into it like what is it how is it affecting you kind of thing, and it was more of I guess maybe my just wanting to know that that knowledge of it and i was like in there you know potentially could be there are some things where if you have this um elevated gonadotropins for a long time that's you know where the testosterone comes in and they're like well we could give you testosterone i was like well you you're going to give that to me without even going into like the why and everything so just some things about healthcare it, you know that's a whole nother topic but it's it's a little strange um so in any way so to kind of go back to the uh, you know how my like changed with it um i think it it does help i think it it helps me to to see that there's so much out there that's unknown um that you know even you know me living till i was 45 to find out about it it's like you know how how is that possible how could you not know that about yourself and i'm like well and if that's possible then there's probably some way other things that you know people don't know about that nobody knows about that might be out there so just realizing that and knowing that you know nature and all the possibilities with things that can change and and grow and do different things in in the body is, is super interesting.
0: And so how has it, how has it like once you found out at 45 and now you're 47, how has finding out that you, like, you okay so if you didn't have the drive that you have to to go to these doctors offices and be like I want more answers I want more answers like if you didn't have that self advocacy without even knowing so you just had to you have like a driven personality that your mind was like you read all these research papers you were set you were like okay I'm I'm getting to the bottom of this and you were kept getting denied by doctors you know trying to treat you with testosterone without even knowing your karyotype just because you have low T like some of these right. unknowns How did, how did, once you found out, how did that, like, what changed in your life? Granted, you're 45 years old, you've had two kids, you know, you're, you're married, you've got a good job. Like did other than the acceptance aspect of like, oh, this is finally like I, I figured out, you know, all this research that I've done over the last couple of years is making sense now. Or like, did it, did you get on testosterone or, or what other, you know, emotional things did, did this help with? Or not help with.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, Um. I'm not on testosterone. Um. And I did talk to my doctors about that. And they basically said to that, Um. again, it was like, well, you know, unless you really, you know, you're either sex drive is low or you're you know lethargic or these other things. They're like, you're, you know, my numbers were, they were slightly off, but they weren't off as much as somebody who maybe had. Um, you know, non-mosaic Klein filters where their testosterone num- numbers were really, really low. Mine were like borderline low. So they said you probably don't need it. You know, you could take it, but you don't really need it. Um, so in that case, I'm not, I'm not taking any. Um, but yeah, I think it really has to do more with the acceptance thing, um, and also finding the community. You know, finding out that there are other people. Because again, you know, I said even back when I was 13 and growing up, I always had this. Um feeling you know just being a little bit different and, you know that's something again that seems common thread throughout the x s y community about um uh you know feeling a little different, maybe not feeling as as much um involved in some of the like the heavy physical sports and um and for me again, you know when i was when I went to like work functions and everything, um a lot of my female friends and female coworkers and everything just seemed to um uh, just seem to you know click with a little bit more or understand more. Um, even with my wife you know I just certain things we, we just seem to get a little better um, so I, I think for that it, it definitely helped because I think there is some maybe confusion when you know you don't know and you think well you know everybody's individual they everybody has different personalities and and feelings and thoughts but there's there was definitely something that I felt like just not like you know the average typical x y male might have um, and I feel like that's a little bit of justification that's like well okay that makes sense all these years maybe this is why i felt this way um and small little things you know from growing up um uh, i was trying to think of one of the the situations that happened um but it, it really does uh, affect you and you know just maybe some of the, maybe the uh, learning you know learning difficulties like um I, I had struggled a little bit um not a lot but enough to be like you know, my older brother, he's a PhD, he works in NASA, you know, and I was like, Well, I, I just like I can never do that. Like that's not something that I would do. I was always more towards art and nature and music and just again, that could be even within families differences, but I, I kind of attribute some of that maybe to that to that, um the, the XXY.
0: And when it comes to, you know, okay, so you say like you're not you know, you'll never be anything like your brother. Well, you know, being creative and being the, having the job you have, it sounds like I've seen a couple of YouTube videos that you sent me of you, um, on YouTube talking about the, like nature and all that. You seem like you're just so connected with mother nature. It's like your, your Zen. It's the place that lets you like, forget about all life's problems and it, it lets you live in the moment. And, and I think like yeah. a lot of people are kind of comparing themselves, like you said, like to the X, Y male. And, and when you're younger of. Getting along with women more, or, you know, you understand your wife more, which is actually like a huge benefit, um, yeah. in some aspects. And and you know, I think people kind of in the, this community and new moms might be like, well, like, is he going to be able to go to college or, or all these other things? And it's like, well, we're creative, we're good at like what what we're good at, we're good at, and and. Just because you're not a NASA scientist doesn't mean you're not, that you can't be successful, especially if you've gone the creative arts, you know, route, but you also went, you went through the sciences, right? So you had to get like a biology and, and, um, what, what else did you get chemistry? Did you have to do chemistry and all that for your, for your,
1: it was like, yeah, like environmental biology. So there was a little bit of that chemistry. Um, you know, a lot of what I do currently now is regulation has to do with water and wetlands. Um, And so there is some chemistry, but yeah, mainly biology, plant identification, wildlife identification, um, those those are the big things. But yeah, for me, I I definitely see that connection to the mother nature. And then um, I've always loved, you know, I grew up in upstate New York and we talked, you had been to the Culinary Institute Institute up there, but um, it's a really beautiful area, the Hudson River Valley. And um, just going out along the Hudson River and seeing, you know, plants and animals and stuff blooming and, you know, during certain times of the year, just the change in the seasons it's really connected me and grounded me to, to that type of thing, to nature and to loving it and to trying to, you know, protect it. Um, and so for me, even though it was hard, you know, I, statistics and it, actually genetics class is one of the toughest ones I had to get through, but um, it, you know, I, I was able to push through and, and got some help from friends and um, ultimately kind of made it to the end of that. So I, I definitely think that is something that, um, you know, XXY people can, can look to and, you know, um, you know, I didn't have the calculus, writing, you know, th- that kind of stuff for me just was, it's like a foreign language, but I had the other parts of it. And I think you definitely have to go towards, you know, what you're, what you're geared towards. And I know like cooking, you know, working with your hands, doing artistic, creative things is something that, um, there's so many different things, ways you can go with that. So it's, it's a great thing to have, you know, on, on your, on your benefit.
0: Yeah. I, I'm looking, I'm remembering back to high school and I'm like, I barely made it through pre biology. Like, I uh, I didn't even take a language I remember in high school because I just, w- when it came to language and reading, writing, spelling, those types of things, it just was um, like extremely difficult for me and, and biology, chemi- I didn't even take chemistry in high school. I'm I'm not, my parents definitely helped out with like an IEP and kind of navigating yeah. that and math was, I was probably in, I think I was in algebra, like B2 or something, pre, let's see, algebra- Geometry. One of those like low, low, I was low classes. Like I took only the classes basically in high school to graduate, but then I left in high school and I turned, I went to the CIA in New York and and turned out to be a chef for more than 10 years working in fine dining restaurants all over the country, Nantucket, Nantucket, New York, Colorado, like lots of San Diego, lots of really cool places. And um, like you said, the creative side, there's so many like there's so much amazing stuff. Like when you talk about nature, and even when we did our interview, when we talked for like two hours, when you talk about nature, yeah. it gives me like chills down my spine. And I think a lot of the families that are out there, a lot of the boys are observers and creatives, and and nature they they connect really well with. And I, I think it's uh it's really cool that your your kind of career just like from jo- growing up, the Hudson Valley is just gorgeous, and growing up in that yeah. that area, it kind of like has benefited you in your career, which is really cool
1: yeah yeah definitely and and I think that's something that you know i I kind of want to put forward is you know um you know helping boys and the, and the young guys growing up um to you know, allow them to find that you know that creativity or or whatever they excel at you know maybe some of them are into you know working with with mechanical stuff or drawing or architecture or whatever it is um you know let them go towards those kind of things it's you know, a lot of times, yeah, you do have to kind of get through certain things. But I think, um at least for me, when I got through, you know, the the minimum, like you said, of, of whatever it was, like chemistry or statistics or calculus, I, I felt like once I got beyond that, and actually got to see the real world, how things work in the real world, you know, how these plants grow, how these, you know, different ecosystems connect to each other, Um, without even looking, you know, back at that, I, I just felt like I understood so much more to that. And I feel like some of that Um, you know, you can get bogged down in the minutia when really, you know, when you're looking at a top level, that's where um, you might be able to see more, you know, trees through the forest kind of thing.
0: Yeah. uh, And nature is a great, great, like, uh, analogy towards lots of things in life and and stuff like that. So I'm curious, you know, earlier you mentioned about healthcare and and access towards it and kind of culture and, and stuff like that. And, could you kind of dive into maybe like you know the culture of your family and and uh like maybe once you found out about kleinfelter syndrome like telling your family and other people and and then also kind of your access to healthcare and and uh just things in general that you've you've learned since becoming um you know having your diagnosis
1: right yeah so yeah i definitely um you know i'm a black male and so growing up you know Uh, dealing with any kind of racial situations um it it was something i dealt with uh you know and back in those days you know it was just things that happened but i really i had some really good friends i didn't have to deal with that too much um but i do notice you know in a lot of things um you know in african-american community um you know access to healthcare is tough and a lot of communities don't have great um you know like you can't always go to um, some of these great like, research institutions, like, you know, Johns Hopkins University or some of these places that are great. You know, they know client problems, they know it. Even, you know, I have I have pretty good health care, you know, government access to health care. Um, and even that took a while. You know, we really had to work at it. So I really feel for the people that, um, you know, they may just brush it off and, and just say, well, you know, you're just going to deal with it or whatever. Um, that That's a tough situation to be in. So access to that health care um, and not even just having access to it you know with the the pandemic and everything i think it's going on too you see in certain communities um just you know it's like well everybody can get a you know a vaccine if they wanted to or or get to the you know tested and it's just not the case some rural communities you know if you have to drive an hour out of your way and you know you have working a job and you can't get time off you know all these factors play into it you know income social economic status and and all of that i think definitely goes into it and maybe even you know i think to a certain a point uh, social aspects of it and i know you know i don't want to get too far into it because some of that is controversial but um you know just telling people about it it's, it's a little you know some people might be embarrassed um they might not think you know people are gonna look at them differently they're like well if you have an extra x then what does that really mean and you know stuff like that little little uh, comments that might be like well does you know the people get you know with 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 different genders and with um, like LGP 2 lgbt issues i think that might be something that people are just going to shy away from and be like i don't you know i don't want to deal with this i don't know what it's about but it's it's too much to comprehend and so i think talking through that and having like these kind of podcasts and, and sharing that um you know across the board across the spectrum all different types of people um you know different races different ethnicities that you know they're all in this kind of uh together really with, with trying to find out about X, X, Y and, and how that, how that all formed and worked. Um, I, I don't think it falls to one community or another, even though it might seem like that on the surface, I think there are some underlying issues that kind of maybe just prevent people or stop people from maybe getting, getting checked, getting looked at. So um, if there are people out there, hopefully they can communicate or, you know, like living with Xxy, Um you know, I know there's Facebook groups, but I, I really feel like some of the other, More established organizations are are probably good. Um, Genetic.org is a is a good one, Um, and they have a lot of like YouTube videos on some of these. um, They have like conferences and stuff. So um, those are the things I would I would kind of share with people to kind of to take a look at that and then just realize that um, you know it's not there's so much good that you can find from it that you really it shouldn't be something that, I mean, it is scary. And especially I know if people have never heard of it and just Googled it, you could really scare yourself. Um, but as I dive deeper into it, I realize that there's a lot of um, more good than I see as, as bad.
0: Yeah. And there's, there's so much more good, but the, the thing is, is the research, the research studies the things that we can't do or that compares us to the normal population. And with being a creative and an artsy, and, you know, that hands-on type of mentality, the, the standard, the standardized testing and research that goes into, you know, finding out this information, IQ and stuff like that, it, um, it portrays XXY as, as, you know, less, lesser than the quote unquote normal population in a lot of these studies. And Google is an extremely scary place. And, and then if you're also like a male, like you were at 13, you know, getting your, um, I remember the physicals back in the day of, of, uh, you know, having them, Check and and uh, gr- granted, I was diagnosed earlier on, so I was going in, and the doctor was checking me because of Kleinfelder syndrome. But as a grown man, you know, learning about you know, oh, why are my testicles smaller than you know other other guys, or or whatever that may be, like that's an insecurity that could become an insecurity. And instead of looking into that, you know, and fi- trying to find out why. It, you know, male infertility is a is a huge thing that, you know, if you Google it or not Google, it, if you jump on social media, TikTok, Instagram, you search male infertility, all you see is women and doctors talking about male infertility. You don't see a lot of men talking about them being infertile like you do if you were to if you were to look at female infertility, you know, it's something that a lot of families put online and and tell talk about their journey of going through you know what what it takes to become pregnant and all the shots and constant failure of of the pregnancy test and you know you st- I've done my research on it and I'm you know you see it a lot more publicly and so that you know there's a lot there's so much there's there's such a big dynamic that goes into this and then and then here you are you know this extra rare you know com- like X, you know mosaic that's that's so much more rare within the community, but it's so cool to hear your perspective and, and have you share about your life. And, and especially coming from an African-American family where, you know, like you said, yeah. going to the doctor and, and doing these things, um, I think it makes you even more rare in that aspect, but it's all about awareness, right? That's what living, the, that's what we're here for. Right. And and yeah. um getting that word out and maybe there are other families out there that are listening and and they're like oh someone else in our culture and in our community has this like let's right. let's push forward and and you know spread more awareness about this and and as time goes on I'm, I'm sure more and more people will kind of come out of the shadows and and say like oh if if Russell did it like why can't I
1: right yeah no exactly and I, I think it it's definitely one of those things that could be like a you know you you almost could kind of hide in plain sight you know if you didn't tell anybody they wouldn't know and so it's almost like well um you know like you said especially with the male infertility i think that's another cultural thing where uh there's like a stigma there you know and people are like you know your your maleness your virility you know that kind of thing um it's something that people tend to not want to like put out there as much so i can definitely see how that would would affect people getting tested and getting checked. And it, it could lead to, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, unfortunate situations where people make assumptions about each other. And um, it's, it's just a tough thing. So I think, yeah, again, having people out there talking about some of the, the great sides of it, the community aspect of, um, you know, what you're trying to do here is, is good and maybe will we'll help people to see that. Um, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. And there is some some good aspects there.
0: Yeah. And it's all, it's, it starts with just standing up and be like, I want to share my story and, and this is my life. This is who I am. And, and um, you know, and, and jumping out of that, taking that huge leap, which a lot of people don't want to do because they're like, well, you know, none of my family or friends know about it. And a lot of, a lot of moms really worry about being judged, their son being judged or that family treating them differently. And, and I, I, you know, yeah. I come from the different perspective of like, well, have you ever thought about how much community and 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 how much support your family could bring? And a lot of them are like, right. no, we've never thought of that about, about that. And it's like you could have this entire support network around your son or around you if you told friends and family that would most likely, you know, every person that I've talked to has had more positive come from opening up and telling people, then they have negative. And I think yeah. a lot of people really need that support because when you talk to people about it, they're like, I've never heard of that. Or when moms yeah. get diagnosed in utero, no one's ever heard of it before. And right. I feel like it's it's kind of like Down syndrome and autism back in the day when you know what we're doing now is what they've been through. And I sometimes ask the question to families to to bring a different perspective is, you know, what would you be doing differently if your son had Down syndrome? Or what would you be right. doing differently if you didn't know your son had XXY? And I just right. let them sit on that. I don't necessarily ask for a response. You know, I just want them to see a different perspective in their life. And, and kind of, I think with even me with XXY, like I didn't Google it until 31, 32, like after I went to the the Axis conference in Denver and and then so it's only been like three and a half, almost four years of me Googling my own syndrome and and uh yeah. there's so much for us to learn, right? Like um yeah. my hemoglobin levels were high and uh 18.4 last week and my doctor, my primary care doctor called me and was like, you need to go donate blood. And I've I was like super nervous. My heart rate was like one fifteen and my blood pressure was high, and they were like, "You need to be under a hundred, and your blood pressure needs to be like normal in order for you to donate." They're like, "Go sit down, chill, take some deep breaths." You know, it was it was wow. a new experience.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: So, I mean, there's yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry, I unloaded right there, but um, there's a <laughs> that's okay. The, the, that's the thing is like I've gotten so deeply involved and deeply rooted with this. I see like yeah. the positives. I see the possibilities of our community. And, and it's trying to get more of us out there to publicly, like, be like, Hey, this is me. This is what X, X, Y is, you know, Mm -hmm. you go ahead and Google it, but I'll tell you, you know, like, you know, I don't have micropenis and, and yeah, I do have small testicles, but that's an amazing thing when you, when you look at it from, from our perspective, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. So it's really, it's really, like you said, it's kind of on the, the cutting edge. And I think like in 20 years. Like you said, we'll probably see that. Wow, this really was the start of something.
0: Let's hope. Let's hope it fa- happens a lot faster than twenty years. But you know,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> I think I think we can do it in five or ten um, if we, as a community, like come together and realize that doesn't matter your gender, your ethnicity, your orientation, whatever it is, like. At the end of the day, you're diagnosed with Klinefelter syndrome, 47XXY or mosaic. And if we come together, separate our differences, because everyone is different. Like it's such a spectrum diagnosis and we go, okay, you're mosaic. That's rad. Thanks for coming and, and you know, coming to the the meetup and let me know more about your life and and what are you like? I'm curious, do you have a typical, like, do you have gladiomastia? Do you have like belly fat? Do you have some of the typical syndrome? A little
1: bit. Yeah, and so um, I, I think, again, because mine was kind of borderline, so um, even with the testicles, like one is way smaller than the other one. They're not even the same size, even in me, and so that's probably one thing that maybe happened, but even with the gynecomastia, it's it's slight, and it's there, but it's not, you know, something like I would ever think that I would need to get changed. It's just, um, that's the way it is, and, and then with the height, um, you know, again, family issues. I, one of my sons is way taller than me, and, um I have a scoliosis too so and again I know and you know looking at online again when you go into like Facebook groups and things like, there's so many things that people ask like is this related to client is this? it's like well you know everything isn't but in a way it, it you know it, it's hard to tease out what is and what isn't you know I, I have other issues um you know when I was growing up I used to have to wear uh, a brace because my foot would turn inwards a little bit when I would walk and That maybe has nothing to do with the Kleinfelders, but maybe it does. Nobody, it's hard to know. So there's things like that that I'm like, I I still feel like there's, you know, the the research is out. And um, one of the quotes actually on a book I was reading, um, it talked about science in general is that um, in some branches of science, theories can be little more than thin scraps of unreliable evidence strung into a narrative. And I think that's a really good quote just because it talks about how loose some of these correlations are um and so it's hard to to pull one of those things and be like oh yeah that's definitely it But as a whole you can start looking at them and really the research needs to be done i think further to see how they all how they all play out
0: that quote just gave me like chills down my whole entire body that is that is so accurate about like a lot of the research just in our own community when you think about you know a lot of this research has been done with twenty or ten or fifteen or thirty people, like not even a a large majority of our population is in involved in these studies. And so, when you when you do a research study based on a small percentage, especially if you're if you're giving out like when I went to the NIH, you're giving out hundred thousand, I don't two hundred thousand dollars. Who knows how much money in free medical. Five days of extensive, you know, MRIs, brain MRIs, like all these te- hormone testing, like all of these things, you're giving out all that information for free. You know, are you are you attracting are the guys that are just living their life day to day, that that know about they have Kleinfelter syndrome? Are they interested and in, are they going to be a part of these research projects? Probably not. You know and in your right. your families that have more maybe more issues or more problems that they don't know like what's going on, going and doing this research is a benefit, and so could that possibly skew data or could you know only having thirty three guys in a in a study or sixty when there's thousands of us out there, how does the information from sixty represent the entire community? It just can't
1: right, yeah. Yeah. And like people like me, I'm imagining most of them wouldn't have pushed through. Um, And so that could be a big part of that 75%. Um, You know, maybe it's not that small, you know, maybe there's more that are, you know, just borderline or just have a small percentage and they may never get found out. And But that's something that you know, they really have to to, to look into. So
0: and um, those are all great points. Yeah. That quote, that that's, you're going to have to text me that quote afterwards. I'm, I'm going to have to look oh, at sure. I'm going to have to look <laughs> at that book. That's such a, that's such a good quote. It sums up so much within everything that we're doing, like everything within our community that, you know, like you said, like in the Facebook groups, you, when I was in the Facebook groups early on, everyone asked like, is this related? Is this related? Like people are, dying to figure out like is something related to xxy or is it not and and it's hard for i think it's hard for families to like disconnect like is kleinfelder syndrome related to all their son's problems or issues or whatever it is like and that's where i'm trying to that's what i'm trying to focus on is like what what are all the positive things that we're that focus that kleinfelder syndrome gives us right like what are and these things have never been studied? Like instead of what we can't do with the normal population or what our health problems are, you know, compared to the normal population, like what can we do differently and and even better or you know, in that aspect of the typical XY or XX, you know, like phenotype with care, you know, with male and female in, in that as right. in that aspect when it comes to the the XY chromosomes. And what can we what can we do that we like i know that a lot of us are visual learners and hands on and kinetic and so like there's some really cool career paths that you could go like you said earlier like chef and yeah. photographer and these things that you can do with your career that just right. are benefiting you because that's what you're that that's what you excel in yeah
1: exactly yeah
0: So what else is, uh, you know, what else is going on as far as it's been, it's been awesome having you on the show so far. And, you know, is there anything else that you want to talk about or, um, you know, anything that you'd say out there to, to families or older guys like, like yourself, I'm not calling you old, but you know know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. um, I would just say again that, you know, it's, it's not all doom and gloom. I, I really think, like you said, focusing on some of those positives and looking at the community and places like, you know, living with XXY. And, in you know, there is some some benefit to having those online resources um, to be able to go to. And, um, you know, again, I'll provide those those articles. I mean, they are very science heavy. So, um, you know, just reading one sentence, you might have to like Google every word to you know, figure <laughs> out what they're talking about. But it's it's interesting. Once you get through that, you definitely start seeing, um, start seeing some of these. And then again, you know, just, even the history of of what happened, you know, like the that that article I got talked about the history of, of women in science really and, and their contributions and how that a lot of that's like been lost to history and same thing with, again, with Kleinfelters um, this uh, George Bland uh, was a tall black um, a male. He was the first one who was diagnosed by Harry Kleinfelter in 1942 and, you know, he's lost the history. We don't know anything about him. There may be some pictures, but Um, you know there was like nine of these men that they found that they just had no idea what it was and and they just started studying it and found that they all had small testicles and you know certain things and and so that that kind of stuff history is another thing that i'm really interested in just because there's so much that uh just gets lost you know or or gets changed in things so um, i would just say um you know for all the the xxy men and, and the families and spouses and mothers out there just to go out do your you do your own research you know advocate for your for your kids, for your spouses and you know, try to um, try to have as good of a positive attitude as you can because that at the end of the day is, is really what it's about.
0: You know, and you mentioned you just mentioned the science, right? Like how you have to Google like almost every word in, in the research papers and I think yeah. like that deters a lot of people from actually reading the research papers, especially a lot of guys like myself where reading or writing is, is um, you know, spelling that just cognitive, like understanding kind of compreh- reading comprehension is really like difficult. And so, you yeah. know, re- trying to, try to find some fluid motion within there. And actually, we're in the process of um, creating like a cliff notes for research projects, research papers. And we've gotten the okay from, um, some of the, uh, like Denver children's hospital has given the okay for us to rewrite some of the papers that they've done. And we're hoping that Stanford and, and, um, Judith Ross and new Moores and, you know, some of these other, um, accolades that have these papers will allow us to rewrite them as well. And, um, so that'll be something, yeah, it's, it's really cool because I've been, I've been really, you know, the, I've read a lot of the research papers, and I've used uh, text to text to talk, like where it it re, it's kind of reads a speech to me. Um, right. But I think people will get way more out of the research papers if they actually have like a, like something that people understand, kind of um, that's not Chinese because it's like yeah. fo- it's a foreign language when you when you jump in and you read those research it papers. Really is
1: yeah definitely but that's excellent i mean i think that would definitely help kind of again just helping people understand because um some of these things are they're just so um you know jargon filled and and with even within you know being a scientist myself and even trying to read and rehash some of this stuff uh it's a challenge and so you know it's, uh, i could see anybody who's uh you know the regular layman just just turning off of it so that's great
0: yeah, so I really appreciate you how ha- this has been a wonderful podcast just getting to talk to you and and understand more about the I've learned so much about some of the science stuff and and it's really cool to it's not coming from a doctor. Like it's coming from right. another XY, you know, XX guy that um, has mosaic and and uh, it's it's just you know, it's it, it's crazy on what you know as far as like the science side and, and how much, how little information a lot of us know about our own condition. I know that right. I'd say majority of our community doesn't really fully understand the sciences behind their own condition and let alone like some of the um, things like health related things that we need to pay attention to as we get older. Um, yeah. I was I was curious. That's, do a, that's a good point. Do you have any of like the metabolic related stuff do you have high cholesterol or or anything along Mm -hmm. those
1: i definitely yeah i definitely have that so you know i i have all those um high cholesterol high blood pressure and like diabetes i take medicines for that um additionally i have like glaucoma um and some other things and some of those may be um genetic but i think some of it is also related to the to the client filters and um along with like bone you know certain bone issues, bone density is a thing, um, you know, hair and nails and skin issues and um, even autoimmune, you know, that's different autoimmune things are um, part of, you know, part and parcel of it. But, you know, how much and, and what, that's where it gets really interesting and crazy. I, I think that's part of the thing that really the, the science needs to kind of look at that. But um, definitely do get affected by some, those, by some of those same things. And same thing as like learning, kind of learning issues and disabilities.
0: Yeah, it's you know, you mentioned the the kind of health related things and it and it's such a spectrum. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget. And when you read these research papers or when you read information online, when you go to Google, not everything it might apply to you or your son that has this. And right. but when they read when you read them, it reads as if everyone with this syndrome, you know, with having Klein filter syndrome or XXY, um, will have those characteristics or those traits. And it's just not, it's not, you know, like you said, you're, you're mosaic. So some things could actually, if we don't know, right, some things could affect you more than right. they would affect someone that's non-mosaic.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Or somebody could be mosaic even of the same type and they might have it more in, you know, one um, tissue of their body than the other. So it's, it's just, it's really, uh, it's really interesting. And, and there's just so many varieties there.
0: Well, Russell, I really appreciate you having on the show and, and calling in and just, it's been yeah. uh, wonderful. And as time goes on, I'm sure we'll we'll talk to you again and um, kind of okay. get get a rundown of, of where you're at with with life and how things are going. And um, I really appreciate it. And if, like I said in the beginning, if um, those of you that are listening, if you want to read more about Russell and his personal story, it's available on our blog series on our website, livingwithxxy.org. Um, Russell, do you have, uh, like a social media or anything that if people wanted to reach out to you and talk to you or an email that, um, they could, they could, or do you sure. want, do you want me to put you in touch with them?
1: Um, yeah, that's fine. I, I can give you like my, my Instagram. Um, I have a lot of my pictures and some like my, my, uh, you know, environmental stuff on there. So that's maybe a good way, but it's at rmartin2819. So, so can that's you, my Instagram handle. can you
0: spell, can you spell it out?
1: Oh, sure. R-M-A-R-T-I-N 2819.
0: Sweet. So that's your Instagram. And for all of you out there, um, if you have any more questions for Russell, please uh, shoot him a message on Instagram. And uh, thank you so much.
1: All right. Thank you. Yeah.